Welcome, welcome to the Carl Vibe podcast. You have arrived. Oh my word. Hopefully you guys are hanging in out there. The world is crazy, crazy place right now. Uh, wherever you're at, I feel compelled to make this video and this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, because I mostly want to remember what is going on in the world today in my life, uh, how everything has unfolded, all the craziness of events. I started seeing all of this clear back in February, coming out on Reddit, on in, coming out of China and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, I want to talk today about some of the weird things that seem to be like you could see this coming and a lot of people weren't getting ready. And uh, luckily, me and my family, we definitely were ready. And some of the weird oddities, because as an ex-Mormon or someone who used to be a member of the LDS church, uh, looking at a lot of the way these events have unfolded is really strangely similar to some of the actual prophecies, not by leaders of the church, but by some strange splinter groups, split off groups, and even some missing persons cases that are going on. Really interesting stuff, but this pandemic that's going on right now is serious, and it's just really strange when it, you see it all wrapped up in the way a, a little strange subculture of of uh, Mormonism and ex-Mormons and little groups of that are probably viewing all of this or how I would have seen all of this even several years ago when I was in the thick of Mormonism and the way I would have interpreted these cascading world of events from Mormon missionaries being pulled home, an earthquake up in Utah, up in northern Utah, the trumpet falling off of Angel Moroni on the Salt Lake Temple. You have all of these things happening, and there's been these people who have written books about near-death experiences that were really popular in this little subculture group of Mormonism, and I read those books, and uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world that these people saw in visions that they say they had in these near-death experiences. Do I actually believe it? I don't know. Do I actually think there's truth to it? Maybe a little bit. Do I think it's plausible? I have mixed emotions about all this stuff, but I want to talk about all that today. I also want to bring you up to speed about like how this has unfolded in our life as a family and what we've been doing with the coronavirus, how I understand it, with the pandemic and what we've been doing to prevent. I always hesitate to give advice, preventative advice, because if people follow it and it does nothing, it doesn't help anybody. I don't want to mislead anybody. Um, but honestly, I don't know. Like these are, I just want to tell you the things that we're doing and that we've been through to get ready and our strategy and our mindset of this. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to approach this like everybody kind of knows the pandemic. Everybody kind of knows that there's stuff going on. But here's what's shocking. So many people honestly don't really know the signs and the symptoms. People that I thought would be uh, up to date on all this stuff are still out going and driving around and trying to like complain about that they can't hang out with friends and different stuff. Other people are in another category where they're getting conspiratorial about all this stuff. And there's even been weird stuff about UFO sightings and strange things. Reality is a mixed bag right now, folks. It is super weird. Everything that can happen may happen. I would not be surprised if all of a sudden out on the news we found out that this was a cover-up for some kind of an alien invasion, right? It's getting that wild. It's like every day you turn around, there's a pandemic, there's something crazy going on. We've had all sorts of uh, events happening. So let me just w roll back just a little bit and I'll tell you kind of my individual story about this pandemic and how it unfolded in our life and how we've decided to interpret all this. So I grew up in the Mormon church as a, church, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am no longer a member of that church. I have removed my records from the church. People don't know what that means. Usually they think, okay, so you leave a church, you just quit going and find a different church. Well, when you're in Mormonism, you are signed in like affiliated with that church with membership records to where even if you move to a different location, they know where you went. The The local members in that area will come and <laughs> find you and, and recruit you back to church and everything and invite you back. And the fellowshipping efforts are ongoing and all that. But once you're a member of the church, you're kind of 
in there. And to get out, it's harder and harder. You actually have to have legal representation or get excommunicated or just quit going and separate yourself, but you'll always be attached to it if you don't actually file the right paperwork and everything. But we're not members of the, the Mormon church anymore, but a lot of our family members are, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it or anything, but um, uh, I do have problems with the history of the church, its founders and their claims to truth and things like that. And we can get into that on another day, but that's not for this podcast and definitely not for this video. I want to talk about that interesting line in between truth and myth, these near-death experiences, the visions, and what's actually going on in reality, and how, where do we all fall in that? Because in the end of the day, what's happening is happening, and we're in the middle of it, and we have to understand that and live through it and get through it. So basically, I started watching on Reddit and looking around and seeing reports coming out of China about this virus. Now, there was already rioting and a lot of different problems, civil unrest. I was keeping track of kind of what was going on politically just because I like to stay informed and, and keep an eye on things. And, and I like to be prepared. Growing up as a member of the Mormon church, the preparedness factor is huge. It's the idea that these are the latter days. So it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which means these are the last days before Jesus returns. It's a doomsday church preparatory for the returning of Jesus Christ. Moroni on top of the Mormon temple blowing the trumpet is facing east so that he can see the return of Jesus and herald the, the return of Jesus when he comes back after Armageddon and all that stuff. We can get into all of that, but it's kind of wild. But the uh, I grew up in an era where emergency preparedness was huge. It was like the the leaders of the church were giving all these talks about famine and the fat and the lean cows. Gordon B. Hinckley would talk about that. They would give all these warnings about calamities. Uh, the the church came out with a proclamation to the world on the family uh, that talks about how if the family unit breaks down, that calamities will unfold upon the world. Kind of, you know, that kind of end times doomsday stuff that's carried over into uh, modern religions from the Bible and book of revelations and, and different churches have interpretations on all that. Um, but growing up in it, it was like Boy Scouts, so we were out camping doing Boy Scouts. I didn't do a lot of Boy Scouts, but we did do a lot of outdoor stuff. But the this idea that the end of the world is coming and the preparation for the end times was always there. And you can actually go to these certain church leaders called uh, patriarchs and you get uh, like it's basically like a fortune cookie type blessing that you get <laughs> where a priest like lays his hands on your head, a patriarch, and gives you a blessing. And it's like he's supposed to have a special ability and, and gift. It's like a calling that you have for life where he can like basically tell your fortune and they type it down. And it's kind of like an indication of what your life is going to be like in your future. And everybody in there is hoping when they get their patriarchal blessing that there's something in there about the second coming. Like, is it going to happen in my lifetime? Because there's so many urban legends and myths that revolve around that stuff. Like people having dreams where they see the end times and the end of the world, people dying and coming back and seeing it. There's stories of people being caught up in visions and seeing the last days and how it's all going to play out. And this stuff is runs through the Mormon church, like heavy veins in the folklore and the mythos in the culture, which is inseparable from the church itself, you know, by their fruits, you shall know them. It's all a part of it. And I grew up in this one part of the culture in Mormonism in uh, Southeast Idaho. And there's lots of areas of it. That's really big into the emergency preparedness and the survival, the pioneer homesteading lifestyle where you'd have like at the time when I was a kid, it was like three years of food storage was the expectation. Like if you were living righteously and doing things right, you were prepared with up to three years of food storage. You had 72 hour emergency preparedness kits. You had, you were working in the food storage cannery and doing all kinds of stuff and also doing boy scouts and you knew how to shoot and go fishing. It was just like a whole way of life. Just like being Amish would be a way of life or, or any other type of religion. Um, it was an entire culture in the community. Everybody that I knew grew up that way. And then there was also just like 
the place that I grew up in Southeast Idaho, we were outdoors all the time, playing outside, going camping. A lot of my friends were outdoorsy and did survival camping and stuff like that. So it was just ingrained in me. But what's weird is that you see all these warnings when there's enough prophecies about the end times, enough prophecies about earthquakes, enough about flooding, enough about destruction or stars falling from the sky, just these pseudo ambiguous kind of predictions. Then when they start to happen or certain things unfold, everybody starts to go, Oh my gosh, like these are the signs of the times. That's literally what they say. So these are the signs, all these things. Like if there's an earthquake, it's a warning uh, from God uh, that, the end is coming. The wicked are going to be destroyed and burned, uh, and the righteous are going to be protected and saved. But a lot of people are going to die, and only the few and far between, the tiny little elect, literally they call it the elect few, uh, will be chosen, the foreordained or like the the children of the firstborn and all that stuff. They are, they're supposed to all be the ones that are protected, and then a new... Jerusalem is built in Missouri. <laughs> anyway, it's all fascinating and interesting stuff. You can look up the Mormon history, but the idea is that this idea that the end days are coming, be prepared for a pandemic, be prepared for a meteorite, be prepared for world war, for a Chinese invasion or Russian or nuclear war or anything like that, all of that was always kind of in the subculture of fear uh, and preparedness and that community stuff that really does drive a strong community and isn't a bad thing to get prepared and to have all those rations and stuff and supplies like so that you can uh, survive or whatever. But um, it's fascinating that all of that stuff is ingrained into the religious cultures where as well. And so when all of these things start to happen, um, I'm already conditioned and on edge to be like, Oh, what's going on? So with that subset and preface in place, uh, I started seeing the civil unrest going on over in China uh, just from the protesting and everything, the rioting, the treatment of civilians and the way that things were going when they were arrested just for complaining about the police and different things like that. The very controlled uh, communist socialist police state, you know, where you're not allowed to say what you think. You're not allowed to travel anywhere without paperwork. You're not allowed to, you're, you're told what you're going to do for work. The, uh, like North Korea, you know, this communist type state. And I was watching a lot of that because there's rioting going on. There's a lot of civil unrest going on in China. And then in the midst of all that, there's this, this virus outbreak. And I start to see this on Reddit. And at first I was just like, man, this is no good. Cause, but you just think like, Oh, it's like Ebola or it's like the avian flu, the bird flu, something like that. And you don't, think too much of it or you hope that they figure it out or it goes away. But I started seeing these videos and reports coming out of China that were really concerning. I saw a video of a doctor in China. He was, he was sobbing. He was so emotional and he was just saying how he was begging and pleading saying, we need help. We do not have the ability to take care of this. This is a disease we can't stop. And he was and, and the subtitles, and you don't know how much that is true or not, but there was something inside of me that was like, my spidey senses were tingling. Some, <laughs> or ancient genetic code for my ancestors was like, there's a storm coming. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so right around then, my wife, Ginger, was getting ready to go on a trip uh, to San Diego. And there was something inside me that was just uneasy about it. And I even told her, I was like, don't fly. She's like, oh, I just really want to fly. She wasn't even sure about going on the trip. I was like, don't fly. Just drive the truck, just drive to California and stay there and, and just be safe. But I, for some reason, I just didn't want her to go through the airport. So she drove, drove down and came back. Um, basically then by then this is back in, in February. Um, reports start to come out in Italy around then. And then Ginger gets home. But while she's in San Diego, this is back early February. I, uh, uh, nobody was panic buying. Nobody was out shopping for toilet paper. Nobody was doing anything. I'm not telling you this story to say why, uh, like I was ahead of the curve or trying to brag or anything. I'm just trying to tell you what I did. So maybe you guys can see what's, going on and decide for yourself and kind of hear this other perspective of, and we'll get into all kinds of all the cool stuff too. But the idea is that uh, like 
my conditioning of preparedness to see the potential that this could go bad that came from Mormonism, I think, honestly, was that I saw this stuff and I was like, okay. Um, and, and clear back when nobody was even paying attention, no, nobody was talking about coronavirus. I was only seeing it on Reddit and I found myself in Walmart by myself and I had two shopping carts. This is going to sound bad now, but this is before the pandemic. There was no pandemic yet. This is before it all. And I ended up buying a bunch of canned food, soup, uh, chili, spam, big bags of rice. And all of a sudden I had all these emergency supplies. And then I was pulling out all my, all my rifles, my, my guns. I have several (laughs) anyway. So I had some of those, I got all those out and was cleaning them and started pulling out the camping gear and everything. Like just getting prepared for things, you know, like, these instincts like you hear like about animals that can sense when there's a tornado coming and stuff. And then, and they'll sense it and seek shelter or flee. Like even sometimes a day ahead, somehow really strangely, I'm, I'm watching these reports still going on just in China and then in Italy. And I'm like, wait, China and Italy, this is going to definitely come over here. And, but the, I don't know why I stockpiled up. Something about it weirded me out. I didn't really think too much of it. I just found myself in there getting ready and going through our stuff and checking our supplies. So way ahead of the curve. Then you start hearing the reports coming out on the news getting worse and worse and worse about the spread. And we had, at that point, already got everything ready. We'd already gone through all of our stuff. Uh, We, ahead of the wave... We're able to um, sell three of our properties in a short amount of time. So we had already sold one. Ginger had already sold the first one. We had an Airbnb property and we sold it uh, like two days before Donald Trump gave the announcement about uh, self-quarantining and stuff like that. And then a couple days after that, they started, Airbnb started talking about making adjustments and stuff to accommodate for the virus and the spreading of, the, of a potential pandemic. And we had just days before sold that property. And then the house right next to us that we had uh, uh, remodeled and flipped uh, after they started uh, initiating the self quarantine and right before the lockdowns on the same day that Trump came out and was like, everybody needs to quarantine Uh, we went in and signed paperwork and sold our final property. So we were able to get all of our cash out. Uh, We were able to buy another refrigerator. I'm just telling you what we did so you can know where you guys are at compared to where we're at and how we've been handling all this. And you can take that for what it is. I also want to remember all this. Um, It's interesting. They, so the news started coming in and at this point we're, feeling like we're way ahead of the curve. Um, We're already, when Ginger gets back from the trip, I'll tell you something that we do. One of the things that we do whenever we are handling the mail or we, well, not the mail, we have a protocol for that, which I'll tell you, but we, uh, we do this thing when we travel, when we go through airports or exposed to a lot of groups of people uh, where we, I get, I'll get sinus infections and stuff. We go through the airport. And so what we'll do is actually take, some liquid iodine and drip it into warm water with sea salt in a big bowl. And you actually rinse your face and eyes and like, uh, like you would do a neti pot, suck it up into your sinuses and back of your throat and then, uh, blow it all out into the, into the garbage or whatever, into, uh, uh, tissues and stuff and clean your face off. And I'll repeat that a couple of times after a trip and it just really disinfects up in your sinuses and your face. And I don't know if that actually helps, but it definitely has kept me from getting sick a lot of times when we've traveled where normally uh, I would get back from the airport and get some kind of a head cold when we would fly or travel, uh, which isn't a good sign for me. I'm one of those people that's in the, in the category. That's the thing about this pandemic is that it seems like they don't know exactly all of the factors. So I start hearing news that sounds out of control. Like they don't know there's rumors that, Ibuprofen makes it really worse, which they're finding to be true. Ibuprofen, uh, Aleve, Naproxen, uh, a lot of that stuff. If you're 
Tylenol is the only thing they see that seems to be helping a lot. The other stuff can actually make it worse. So you got to be really careful. Um, the, the signs and symptoms are the, I'm just going to rattle them off in case you haven't heard them. A dry cough, slight runny nose. Some people are totally asymptomatic, uh, meaning you don't really even have any signs or symptoms or flu-like symptoms at all. But the big key factor is the fever. If you get a fever and you start having trouble breathing or you get diarrhea along with all of that, you have to contact somebody and get help. If you start getting severe where you're having trouble breathing, then it can cascade to the point where you literally get uh, dual pneumonia in both lungs and you you can die. That is what's killing people. A lot of people are getting the pneumonia because um, the respiratory illness has caused the cilia in your lungs to fall off and the fluid to build up and the white blood cells and the immune system in your own body starts to attack itself and the tissue in the lining of your lungs sorts of sloughs off and you get pneumonia. And that's uh, you, if you're not on oxygen and a respirator, that can get you. But the problem is they're finding now is that the incubation period and the contagion period can be up to 24 days. They thought it was two weeks, but now they're saying it's like a month. And on top of that, as this is coming out, I start to wonder how much of this is just war games and propaganda how much of this David Icke thinks it's a total conspiracy just to implement Orwellian strategies on the world where, like Nazi Germany, in order to work or to travel or to leave home or to go to school or do anything, you have to have permission from the government, from the one world government, and it's all this system implemented to try and condition us by fear of pandemic to just lock us down and to control our movement and to wipe out part of the population. So there's all of that going on. There's a lot of that one world order conspiracy type stuff going on that all of this stuff, uh, who knows? Is this a biological thing? Did it really come out of a wet food market in China? Uh, we may never know this kind of stuff about history and the way it actually all pans out. But so all of this news is coming in and we're all getting ready and we have basically everything that we need to be prepared as a family for us. I'm taking extra security measures because you guys, you got to think like for those of you guys that haven't been taking this seriously. I remember when I was a kid, like I think it was 92, the LA riots, the Rodney King uh, beating riots that happened where there were shootings in LA and stuff over police brutality. And I've lived through and seen some of this as a uh, growing up as a kid. Uh, Some of these things, civil unrest. I've seen how fragile society can get. And so this thin layer of like being able to get up and go through the drive through and just get on the airplane and fly wherever you want to go. Most of the, a lot of the world isn't like that all the time. And most of human history hasn't been like that most of the time. And so we live in a very convenient modern society. It's kind of amazing. Something like this hasn't happened before, but well, apparently throughout history, Maybe it has where all these vanished civilizations have gone. Who knows? Um, But we, ahead of the curve, we started calling around and all the stores, you couldn't get, uh, we got a chicken coop. Uh, We ordered, we got a bunch of seeds to plant a garden. We got potatoes. We got uh, meat, freezer meat. We got an extra fridge and freezer. We all of this ahead of time before the panic shopping and running around that was going on all over the globe. We got a lot of that stuff done. But right at the end, we were like, wait, we don't have chickens yet, and there's a few of those things. We had to make one last trip, and we actually got some baby chickens and are raising those. But the preparedness stuff is all uh, in order, and we've been running through that. None of us have gotten sick. Um, none of, I mean, we've gotten tired, but a lot of that has been like stress and headaches and just running around, getting all of our stuff ready and trying to keep our businesses running and making sure we have everything set for our family. Um, but here's where we're at with all this and how we're handling it. We have water filtration systems. We have food. We have uh, home security. We have self-defense means. We have a truck, a trailer. We have locations to go if we want to get out of town. We have a plan, different places to go, and we talk about it as a family. It just makes sense. Like you would have a plan if the house house catches on fire, you talk to your family and your kids, and you're an adult, responsible human being, and you have a plan to account for those things. And you don't drive fear into the families 
or your spouses or your kids, but you'd be honest with them and you say, this is going on in reality. And so we're going to do these things to get ready. And if we do our part, it'll hopefully be fine. And so we're going to do our best. And then you just get ready for it and stay positive and be yourself. That's what we've been doing. So we're um, getting set there and we've been reaching out and communicating with family and friends. And what's been totally freaking shocking is how many people that we see running around just with their head in the sand, not taking it serious at all, just being like, oh. And now these people are in trouble or facing it that potentially could be in trouble. Whether this is real or some propaganda game or whatever, you have to assume if you're responsible for people or in a family that there are people getting sick and the reports are coming out and you're seeing it online. There isn't these other side things coming out where you're seeing other weird conspiracy stuff covering all this up. There is some of that, but it's not anything uh, far-fetched. Okay. This, this is a pandemic. Whatever's going on, there is an illness that's collapsing our medical system. That is happening. People are getting sick. So there is that, whether there's this conspiracy behind it or not, we'll see. Or not. We may never see. But the idea is that this is happening, so you have to behave in your family as though this is real. That's Now, this is where it gets interesting, where maybe I'm a little bit different than a lot of people. Um, luckily, I do know a lot of people that are ready and that have been taking stuff seriously. But I realistically think that everybody should be prepared for the long haul, haul with water filtration. You should know basic skills like uh, how to keep your family warm and safe. How, to, uh, how are you going to feed yourself? How many calories do you need? How are you going to ration that out? I know as a big guy, I've already, since February, since we started self-quarantining, been losing a lot of weight. I'm already down about 10 pounds because I'm already even self-rationing for the sake of my family. I don't know how long this goes and neither do you nobody knows how long this is going to go and what we're seeing is in certain cities even in new orleans and around they've tear gassed people they're moving in the national guard to help support the hospitals and the and the schools and the infrastructure and to maintain security but if the quarantines don't hold and people start spreading or trying to get out of town or they start trying to lock down areas of cities you're going to see problems you could potentially see rioting there could be looting there could be people trying to flee the city getting arrested and when those videos start coming out then you're going to see panic you could realistically see a lot of bad things happening where where like a school of fish swarming to avoid a shark, you see large populations trying to get out of cities or trying to get supplies, uh, trying to feed their families or get water or just to get to safety because they want to get out of where they're at. And when you start to see that sort of behavior, if we start to see that sort of behavior, if you're not prepared for that potentially, um, then you're being kind of naive. DoorDash and food delivery stuff may not always be around. Essential item delivery is already being restricted by Amazon. That means like only essential items. And who gets to decide what's essential? Not you. Those days are over right now. You don't even get to pick what you can order online and what you can go to the store and get. And very rapidly it appears like where, when, and how you can go and who can go to get the things that you need and who can deliver them and all that seems to be rapidly changing. Education is moving to online and home. Everybody's staying home and it's uh, affecting a certain uh, realm of the population. Also the toll that it's taken on the economy is uh, fascinating. It's um, people are going to go bankrupt. Businesses are going to go out. If you're quarantined and you can't go to work, how is that going to pan out? How are the utilities going to work? Everybody's scared about all this stuff right now. There's valid concerns. In the midst of all of this, there's an earthquake in Utah. There's other natural disasters going on around the world. And as someone who came out of Mormonism, a lot of this stuff people have written about in freaking books. And they've talked about like, like it was coming. Okay, so there's these two books. One is called, I'm not promoting these like they are true. These are written by people who were very interesting, mysterious people who were 
members of the Mormon church. And then some of them have been excommunicated or left. Some of them are leaders. Some of the, some of it's official stuff and not, but what's interesting is that people claim that they saw this stuff. I remember several years ago reading, there's a book called the time is now and another one called visions of glory. Both of them are not standard reading material in the Mormon church, but they were in the subculture and they were sold in official church bookstores. The, the, uh, the Daybell case, I have no involvement with the Daybell case. There's a missing kids case going on in Idaho that involves one of the, I can't say this. This is, I don't want to get in any legal trouble. There's a lot of alleged hearsay about this, and I don't know anything about this. So I'll just going to say what I kind of think, and it's all just my dumb opinion. I don't know. But the idea is that there's missing kids right now and a pending there's a case going on right now where two missing children there's uh um the daybells okay so there's two two missing kids in Idaho and and it's wrapped around what the media is calling just this cult this secret subcult but the truth is is that Chad Daybell and oh I can't even remember her name Lori Vale is that her name not Lori Vale Oh my gosh, I'm, t- I'm so sorry if that's the wrong name. Chad Daybell and his new girlfriend slash wife or whatever that they were running around to Hawaii with, their kids are missing. His, uh, I'm going to butcher the story. You should go look it up. But anyway, there's this whole subculture that was involved in these doomsday cult involving the end times. Okay, so I'm just going to stick to that part of it. So one of the authors of the books the publisher of that book was Chad Daybell, and that entire book involved the end times and seeing that the world was about to end due to calamities, a pandemic. There was literally going to be a pandemic, an earthquake in the Salt Lake Valley. There was going to be an inv- a Chinese invasion, and then that there was going to be righteous people that, like the children of Israel, fleeing Egypt to survive uh, Pharaoh and uh, the plagues. In these visions, in these books, the story goes that um, people will have to leave the cities and live in cities of light, in tent cities in the wilderness, where they live out the wilderness in isolation, and they use the priesthood and the religion and everything like that to live and to stay healthy in kind of a little commune pockets of society that through their righteous obedience to the gospel, the, the story goes in these visions that they are the ones that basically save the world and then Jesus returns and all of that. But the idea is, let me tell you some of these prophecies and these visions that are weird. So, and so this is how it's supposed to go. Um, and I might get some of this out of order as well, but in some of these visions or near death experiences, these authors claim, and they all have these Mormon undertones to them, right? And more Mormon packaging, around them, but the idea, oh, and I might get these events wrong, but this is how the story goes in the, in the visions that there would be a lot of wars and rumors of wars, especially in the middle East, always involving Israel. A lot of that stuff going on. There would be missionaries, missionary work taught throughout the world. That's one of the prophecies. A lot of people think that that's done through the internet, that that's how that prophecy was fulfilled. Another one is that um, in these books now, these aren't official Mormon prophecy or revelations or teachings or whatever. I don't really give a shit anyways, but it's it's all made up to me and coincidental. But the stuff in these visions are really fascinating in, in in the same way because some of them seem like they're true because one of them predicts a pandemic involving China. There's a few of them that, that predicted this. Um, a pandemic that starts in China that they, nobody knows if it was man-made or government-controlled or if it was a biological weapon. That's all going on. Um, also, there's idea... Okay, I'm, I'm forgetting parts of the story, but the idea is that the pandemic spreads... Society goes into lockdown and then the church gives money and resources to the government to help civilians. And that upsets church members. 
in the midst of all this, there's a huge earthquake in the Salt Lake Valley, massive earthquake where whole areas and sections of the city are destroyed and flooded. There's like global earthquakes and different stuff going on. But from the author's perspective, they're not really sure globally what's going on. It's very regional, right? Um, based on their life and stuff. But then the, as the story goes and the prophecies <laughs> and these visions, near-death experience visions from these two different people and their books, um, that it always involves like China or maybe Russia. And then what happens is that when the earthquake hits, that you see Chinese forces coming in on the West Coast, so up in Alaska or on, in Washington or Oregon and California. And the idea is that they're coming as European Union aid workers with blue helmets, disaster relief, European Union aid workers. And they start on the West Coast and move east, and they're helping set up FEMA camps. This is all in the vision, right? That's supposedly predicting the future. And these books were written several years ago. I read these several years ago. But then what they do is they go throughout all the major cities of the country and they set up these like FEMA type camps in cooperation with FEMA, supposedly according to these visions and the government's like letting them come in because supposedly China has the cure. And so they're bringing the vaccine or the cure in and they're bringing it over and helping set up because they figured out how to do it and stuff. But then what they actually do is turn the tables and it becomes a war and it's all a plot as part of an invasion. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. And then these, the story goes on and the visions go on to where these uh, righteous cities of light, you know, band together and rise up and they even raise the dead and all this stuff. And then they build the new Jerusalem in Missouri and Jesus comes and they all get seer stones and they can do all these magic things and stuff. So it gets all fantasy like Chronicles of Narnia real quick. But at the same time, when you look through, there's a part of it that makes you wonder and say, what if these people had like an actual near-death experience and they saw like a glimpse of something to come, but they're packaging based on who they are and their life and their conditioning, the way that they see everything they obviously come out of it and they have to apply it to the truth in which they think has to be true. So like based on what they know about life and what they think the way it's supposed to go according to their beliefs, when they have that dream or near death experience where maybe they did see something, it's going to come with that flavoring all attached or mixed in. So you never know, but it's really fascinating. Okay. So this is the group and the belief system of the cult involved in the Daybell case. These people who have missing kids that fled to Hawaii to try and get away or that are claiming their kids aren't missing and they're fine and all this stuff, they fall under this category, the cult that the media talks about. This is just the subculture within the Mormon church where that these people believed in reading the same books that you could buy at Deseret Book Church at the church's publishing store and distribution centers. Any member of the church or anybody could go in there and buy them like it was part of the church teachings were these visions, right? Visions of glory and all that. Now, the church came out later and said that they this is not official and you can't teach it and stuff, but a lot of people believed it. There was meetings in my hometown that me and my wife went and looked in the door because we wanted to see who was in there, and there's people that we know that were in there. And there, where one of the authors of the books was there, and they were holding meetings, like official church meetings, talking about the end times, about these, these visions of the last days and the end of the world. Now, as I say all this, I'm not saying I believe any of that. I'm not saying Jesus is coming or that this big earthquake is going to unfold or that the pandemic is going to pan out to wipe everybody out or anything. I just think it's fascinating. I think it's really interesting when you see cascading of events that – I think there's probably a lot of people, maybe even in my family and people that I know and in the Mormon church right now who are seeing all of these events play out, who have read these books and that are part of this preparedness culture who are freaking out right now and who are thinking that this is it. These are signs of the times that when the, the golden statue of Moroni blowing a trumpet to the east signaling Jesus' return falling off is an official sign of the time 
It's a warning straight from heaven. Well, here's my thoughts to that. Okay, why would God use treasure hunt like clues and weird trumpets falling off of statues to teach us stuff? What a horrible teaching method. Why can't we just be direct? What a passive aggressive weird way of warning his children if he loves us to create a global catastrophic pandemic that affects indiscriminately like that's that doesn't make any sense to me okay like i get that you're seeing coincidences and weird patterns and these visions people are claiming that they saw stuff but the truth is is that you're just where you're at now and there's a quarantine and nobody knows okay Nobody knows. And if anybody thinks they had some kind of intuition about the future or anything like that, you should be very suspect of that. You should, however, be cautious about the pandemic and be smart about the social controls of propaganda and what might be going on behind the surface of all this. We don't want to lose our rights because while we're all at home on quarantine, worried about a pandemic, worried about our loved ones and spraying our stuff with Lysol to keep it all disinfected, there's something globally and politically going on where there's war games happening, where there's rights being signed away and lost, and where you're having to move back and forth to go to work with paperwork, and some of that stuff is not going to go back to normal. It won't. And so... All you can do, and this is what we're doing, why I kind of wanted to talk about this, is that's the situation that we're in right now, is that coronavirus is spreading all over. It is a global pandemic. And the way that we're handling it is all of our deliveries that come up, we have them delivered up to the garage. We wear gloves. We cover our faces. We spray the whole area with Lysol disinfectant. We bring it into the garage, lay it all out on the, on the blankets, or onto a big blanket that we have, like a moving towel thing, a moving blanket, and we spray all the items with Lysol disinfectant again and turn them over, spray them. <laughs> all the produce we bring in and wash with soap and water immediately. We've been cleaning our house every day, disinfecting the whole area. This is just good hygiene cleaning practice, but it's going overboard because there's a pandemic going on. We're also staying home. We're doing everything that we can through ordering. We're washing our hands really well. We're really reinforcing the kids' hygiene uh, and socializing. We do all that stuff, but at the same time, we're being mindful of what could be going on behind the scenes with all this and staying in touch, and we should be honest about that and make sure that we're not losing our rights, we're not losing uh, our way of life. I don't know if our way of life is ever going to go back to the same after this. Are we going to see people just getting back together and having parties again, or is there going to be a subconscious fear of another virus or pandemic that spooks everybody into just a deeper online or just strange dystopian type of life where we're all distanced socially and living through screens in isolated pockets? Like, like we used to be free range and now we're caged up on our land or in our boxes. So we need to be aware of all of that through the most of all that it's important that you yourself as an individual have your mindset straight and your emotional balance straight. As you hear all the news and these changes in the world can go from chaos to good and the economy can go from terrible to worse and then go good again. You really don't know what's going to happen. And you realize when things like this go on in the world, how much control you actually don't have over anything. And really where, the anxiety and the fear and the, the, the stress of all that comes in is trying to control it all, uh, thinking that you can be totally prepared for it all. Getting, getting prepared and taking action is always going to feel better, but you're never going to know. You're never going to be able to be prepared. And one of the best things that you can do is have a good relationship inside yourself with your mindset, with your thought patterns, with your emotions, with your ability to be bored, with your ability to just sit alone, to just go outside or to just sit at a window and look outside and be alone with your thoughts for a long time. Like you have to start wrapping your head around these things. You have to wrap your head around the fact like, what are, where am I going to get water if for some reason this goes on for three months? What if I can't get clean water? Where am I going to get protein and nutrition? How am I going to get uh, protect myself if other people start starving? 
and they come looking for my stuff. Where am I going to go if I need to leave where I'm at? How am I going to get out? Can I get out? What are the actual symptoms and who do I know recently who's had them? And you just got to start thinking like a vigilant, smart person about all the potential possibilities. But most of all, through all of it, you have to realize that none of that is who you really are and that all of it is just something that you're observing and witnessing and going through as an experience of life like everything else. And just like a wave comes and goes, in the end, the coronavirus will just be a story that we tell. The people that live through it uh, and everybody that gets through it, it's just going to be a part of the past like every other thing that the world and civilizations have been through forever. So all you can do is do your best. And the best way that you can do your best is to start very much on the inside with your mindset and your attitude and relationship with yourself. I feel like I'm finally in a place in my life where I could sit alone in total solitude for a long time and be totally okay because of the relationship that I have with my own internal dialogue, my mental health, my emotions, with the past and the future, with the present, just through meditation and what I've learned through that and practicing that and facing fears and problems and the unknown. And that's really what we're talking about. You hear all this stuff coming out of the news about the pandemic and You don't know how much of it's true, how much of it isn't, how much of it's just propaganda games, how much of it's actually happening, and which way you need to lean to prepare for it or not at all. But it's affecting everybody now. Whether you like it or not, it's affecting everybody. And you can complain about it, or you can meditate and see what happens. And what I find happening is myself getting really prepared and feeling better about it and feeling like, I don't know which way this is going to go. Trying to sort out which way it's going to go and fretting over that is useless. So I'm just paying attention, staying informed, watching what's happened, adapting to that, staying intuitive and staying ahead of it, trying to be prepared. And I'm also making sure my relationships with people are good, that they know that I love them. I'm, I'm telling people that I know that I care about them. I'm contemplating and having acceptance over the fact that anybody that I know could get this and may not get through it, and you really don't know. Tragedy is indiscriminate. Mother Nature is indiscriminate. Karma is indiscriminate. All these things. When when you go out into Mother Nature, it doesn't care why you're there or what you're there to do or how important you think your life is or whether you're supposed to make it back out. That's the way this whole life goes. So the best thing that we can do with our lives and relationships with ourselves, how we relate to everybody else through all of this is to realize everybody's doing their best. Everyone's afraid and fighting for the things that they're attached to and the way that they see things. And a lot of people are not ready. They're not ready within themselves. They're not ready emotionally. And they're definitely not ready in reality, physically uh, to take care of being in isolation or quarantine where they can't get what they think they need for the next couple of months. And in a lot of ways, this is going to strip the world back for a while. Everybody's experiencing what really matters. Your family, your food, your home, your warmth, or your ability to temperature regulate, your hygiene, your own emotional and mental health and being okay with yourself. Everybody is brutally facing all of that stuff right now amongst themselves in this quarantine. Everybody's sitting at home facing that. A lot of people are facing homeschool and just spending all that time together. So I've been meditating a lot. We've been playing a lot of games together as a family and just having a lot of internal self maturity and acceptance that things could go really bad. Have I resolved within myself if something happens to me, if I end up in a hospital on a respirator or ventilator away from my family and I'm in a quarantine there and they can't come and talk to me and I die there alone with plastic bags over my head, a ventilator over my face like this. I don't want to give anybody nightmares about that, but if you don't visualize that and run that through your mind and meditate on that, if you're facing that moment, is it going to, is it going to crush you? Or are you going to, well, Are you going to be like, I've been here. I've meditated this a few times. 
And do you have the mindset to breathe through that? I don't know. I'm not in that situation, but I'm definitely training like a fighter who would go and, and knows they're going to get locked in the cage to fight an opponent. I'm emotionally and mentally preparing for my own potential deaths. How this goes, whether I die as an old man surrounded by family or within the next month on a ventilator or at home or who knows. We're in writing and fighting, defending my family, or just as an old man, or maybe on Mars on a colony because Tesla, I don't know, SpaceX takes us there. Or an alien invasion comes down. I don't know. Do you guys see that video of that thing that flew off of the space station? You should look it up. There's a TikTok video, UFO shooting off. I don't know. They don't know what it is. Maybe this is a cover-up for UFOs. Maybe. Anyway. I don't know. You guys need to tell me what you think. It's a really fascinating situation. I think everybody needs to take it seriously and be vigilant because the world is not going to be the same ever again. Have a good relationship with yourself. Have a good relationship with the people around you. Have an understanding of tragedy. Face it. Understand that uh, by the time this is over, a lot of people might die. A lot of people uh, you might get sick and face your own. Come close or someone that you know. Ginger and I have talked about this. We've talked about our insurance. We've talked about it. And we hold each other. This has drawn us very close. We hold each other. We tell each other that we love each other. and We, we really mean it. We really take the time when we hug to hug. And there's this feeling like whew, it's a reminder as long as you want to live your life, you just don't know. You have all these plans and hopes and dreams, and then you just don't know. But the truth is is that there's only one way out of this life, and that's uh, through the grave, how that happens. And, and having a relationship with that and a healthy understanding of it where you're not afraid, but you're not excited about it, <laughs> that's a different thing too. You don't want to get excited about it, but... I want to see how life plays out. I want to experience it all the way to the end, wherever that ending comes, the adventure of life, whether it be coronavirus pandemic gets me or an accident or a heart attack or diabetes or obesity. I don't have diabetes or anything, <laughs> heart failure, anything. I could, who knows, old age, I get older, maybe I'll get uploaded to some computer. <gasps> They'll bring me back. I don't know. Maybe this is a simulation. Maybe all of reality right now, this is the coronavirus simulation, and we're supposed to see how to get through it, and either we make it or we don't. I don't know. We live in really interesting times, you guys. We're taking it very serious. Um, we're taking it like there is something real. People are getting sick. People that we know are running fevers and getting sick. It's very concerning. And a lot of people, the reports of the hospitals are true. Uh, these hospitals are overwhelmed. And we're seeing all this stuff play out in the world. And you have to take precaution and you have to be ready. But you can't be crippled by it. Uh, you just have to learn from it. Adapt and do your best. Be resourceful and be smart. Keep talking to each other. Watch each other's videos. Create content and uh, enjoy your own property and outdoors. Really, if you're struggling, if you're home alone and you're just going stir crazy, I highly recommend that you take up learning how to meditate, Zen meditation, Zogchen meditation. That's spelled with a D-Z-O-G, Zogchen meditation, Advaita, uh, Vedanta meditation. Start studying that. Listen to Alan Watts. Uh, learn how to become timeless. <sighs> where you can sit still and enjoy the solitude. And uh, there's a principle in meditation called the Wu Way, the path of non-interference that I would like to close this podcast with. There's a principle of, of the Wu Way or the middle way that is an Eastern Buddhist philosophy that means the path of non-interference uh, is also, it is 
is a noble way. As much as society tells you that you're supposed to get out there and achieve and become successful and go do this and go do that and make your mark on the world and become something, make something of yourself, put an improvement out there, do whatever. This principle of the Wu Wei is the path of non-interference, meaning like if you're trying to get into a university and you really want to get in that class and you fight, 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 and then you get that spot, well, technically you also took the spot from several other students that potentially could have been a better candidate than you. And so you have now entangled yourself in that spot in the class and have a level of responsibility over society to fulfill that uh, role as a student and to graduate and to do that because you displaced maybe 30 other people that were trying to get in that class, right? So the idea of non-interference is noticing when in your life and where to just not get involved, to not get entangled, to not participate. And right now, with this quarantine and the self-isolation, we need to plank the curve and flatten the curve of infection, and we need to give hospitals and medicine time to sort this out, or our government or military to figure out what's going on, or our citizens to figure out what's going on and to get prepared we need to find out what's going on here and buy ourselves some time. And the best way to do that is by playing it safe and listening to the reports that are coming out and staying informed. And the best way that they're recommending that is literally the path of the Wu Wei, non-interference. Don't get entangled. Just stay home. You don't have to go to parties. You don't need to hang out with your friends. Stay home. You can do this all online. You don't have to get involved in a bunch of stuff. You can actually go out sit out in your backyard if you have one, sit at your window, enjoy yourself and enjoy your time. Think through all of the ways that you're suffering right now. If you're concerned about water, food, your location or where you're at, think about, okay, this should tell me how I need to change my life. When I get through this or how this comes out, I don't ever want to be like this again. So maybe I want to move. Maybe I want to work around other people. Maybe I want to live a different life. Maybe I do want to work from home and online, and this is a chance to go after it, try and make that happen. Instead of sitting back and grip in fear, there's a lot of people that are strategizing how to get ahead right now. There's a lot of sharks swimming in the water too, so you got to be careful. But I just wanted to talk about this. What my family is is doing uh, feels right to me and that's what everybody else is doing but i just hope that all of you guys are are taking it serious that you haven't been just joking around eating snacks out of the pantry like you're just going to be able to get up and go to the store whenever because as this keeps going you just don't know as you're going to the store don't just get bread and stuff look at the labels and get things that you need and start thinking about that be smart about how much money you have and how long it can make it where who you need where you need to get if you need to get somewhere to stay with somebody or go somewhere better if you're not in a good spot but mostly follow the instructions stay where you're at but be savvy we can't just fall into this thing where we're like checking papers you know <laughs> that's scary where we're just government controlled checkpointed where you can't go anywhere or do anything without your papers that is not a free world. That is not the life that we want, where there's a few people at the top that are running everything at the bottom. If you want to get freaked out about that, go listen to David Icke's talks about it. Um, if you want to get really freaked out, go watch the movie Contagion. Contagion, that's a scary one. Um, <laughs> but you should also go watch Tiger King, and you should go watch Carl and Ginger on YouTube because we've been making awesome videos for families that you can do at home. Anyways, you guys, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. It's been basically an hour. I've had a good time getting a lot off my chest. I just wanted to talk about what's going on in the world. Most of all, if I don't get around to this again, if I get sick, if something happens to me, I want everything to go to my wife and my kids, everything that I have to them. I also want to let you guys know that I've loved my life. I've lived about 20 lifetimes wrapped into one, and I'm okay. I love my life. I've loved everything I've done. I don't think I'm going to die. I really want to get through this and live. I would love to be a grandpa and get all the way through this. I'm not sick at all. I'm doing great, all that stuff. It's just gets spooky. It makes you want to think about things. Stuff like this goes on in the world. If you're not accepting the fact, if you're just like, 
Yeah, I'm okay. Nothing can happen to me. I'm just going to stretch through. Yeah, I'm going to go to Costco and get myself some chicken. Yeah, buy myself a recliner. <laughs> go try out all the chairs in the Lazy Boy store. <laughs> right? Like, if you're acting like that, you're asking for it. Problems. You're asking for it. You're part of the problem if you're acting that way. Um, I think it's a better time to take the advice right now and play it safe and be smart and wait and see what happens, you guys. So that's uh, I really wanted to just record this. And, and when stuff like this happens, it makes you think. I took a college class one time where they had us do an exercise where we we planned out our own funeral. And the exercise wasn't to freak you out, but the idea was just to project yourself to think about what life have you been living where do you want it to go? Where are you headed with it? What do you want to do? And who's going to come to your funeral? Who's going to talk there? Have you thought about that? It's not meant to freak you out. It's just, you know, that's life. You should anticipate parts of reality that are real, and that's part of it. Um, so I think it's an interesting thing when you're facing a global pandemic and it feels like it's a boogeyman right around every corner that could jump up out of your grocery bags or somebody walking past you that gets within six feet. It's like everybody's has radiation poisoning and it's like a zombie outbreak. It's crazy. Um, so I think everybody just needs to stay calm and be cautious, be smart about their money, their resources, their finances and beast and, and don't, burden other people, you know, do the best that you can to be smart. Don't travel around and do stuff and spread it. If, if it's really going on. Okay. Um, but just be safe. Uh, and I hope you guys are doing good. We're going to hold down the fort here. Keep going. If you like this podcast, let me know what else you want to talk about. If you want to get more into the Mormon stuff, we can get more into that and I'll pull the books out. If you want to look up the Daybell case, we can talk about that. If you want to get into the UFO stuff, we can talk about that. Uh, let me know, but guys be safe. Stay clean, wash your hands, and we'll see you guys later.